0: Hey, welcome to Head in a Box. I'm your host, Kevin Patrick Murphy, joined by the lovely and talented Kellen Watson, my co-host extraordinaire. Today we have an exciting guest. We have the lovely, the talented, she's a wealth of information. We're lucky to have her in the Southeast, Erica Bream. Hi. And uh, hi. Hi. Uh, Welcome, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Erica Bream is casting director. I personally feel that you are a successful human being.
1: Thank you. Yes. Um,
0: (laughs) And I think it's, we all have different views on what success is. Um, And do you feel you are a successful human being?
1: I have moments. I have moments. Um, I have deep, deep self-doubt, deep, deep imposter syndrome, just like everybody else. Everybody,
0: every guest so far.
1: Um, Yes. Well... I hope that when I'm 60, it's gone by then. But you know, at this <laughs> point, who knows? You may
0: be doing something new. Totally. That you totally, yeah. totally.
1: So the um no, but I, I have moments where I'm like, yes, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm doing the thing. I, I, I feel good. I'm I'm earning a living. I'm supporting my family. I'm do I'm I'm operating at a high level for my craft. And then I have moments where I'm like, why didn't I get that job? why didn't I get that job? Am I not good enough? Is it not, am I, I'm not successful enough to get this job or get that call or whatever and it's, it, it, it comes and goes just like anything else, you know, and there, there's no, <laughs> you, you can't, you can't anticipate when you're going to feel certain ways and you can't anticipate, you. I always, I, I talk to a lot of actors and they come to me and they, they share their feelings and a lot of these feelings are, are deep, uncomfortable feelings. Um, There's a lot of tears and things like that and I, I can give advice really easily to help people with that stuff. But as I'm giving that advice, I always acknowledge that like that performer is not going to be able to snap their fingers and feel better. And that's how I feel, too, is that like in my head, logically, I know that I am good at what I do. I'm good at what I do. I know that I've worked really hard to get where I am I feel really proud of the work that I've done. I know all of that. I know that I'm worthy of these jobs. But the moment that somebody else gets that job over me, I'm like, I'm not going to know. Wow, man.
0: And a cast from an actor to yep. casting director, what, that's.
1: You know, we're all the same. <laughs> well, we're all hustling
0: jobs, <laughs> we
1: are, I, if, and that—that's
0: the nature of being an artist in general, yes. right? Yeah. Always hustling the job. Yes. Um, yeah, the imposter syndrome, man, that just keeps coming up over and over. And I, I, I wonder—is the imposter syndrome—is that like a human experience, or obviously it is, but is it like are all artists? At is that more of an artist characteristic?
1: Well, you know, comparing artists is comparing apples and oranges right yeah. like like no d- two actors are not the same even if they're technically in the same quote-unquote category age-wise yeah, yeah, totally yeah. different journeys backgrounds different expenses, different yeah. reps different different um training different techniques mm. you know t- apples and oranges mm. but we look at each other and we're like well that person's in my category and they're doing great so what the hell <laughs> oh man <laughs> yeah.
0: i tell my students <laughs> all the all time like right. <laughs> trying to compare yourself to somebody else it's like Yes, right, apples and oranges, but everybody's on their own journey. Comparing yourself to another actor is like going to the hardware store to try to buy milk. Right.
2: <laughs> you
1: know, <Yeah>. like, <laughs> it just Don't doesn't say. make any sense <laughs> at all. It doesn't, but that won't stop people from doing <laughs> it. It
0: won't do right. it, yeah. And You know, you can't
1: turn it off. Like, you can't turn it off. You can know in your head that you shouldn't make the comparison. You can mm-hmm. know that for a fact you can know the things that trigger you into your bad spirally feelings you can know all of those things and it's still gonna happen (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's a
0: tough one and that's that's just honest that's just real life you know and when you've been doing been an artist long as we have you know I know when I was younger and I was in an acting class in LA and I was new to LA just Uh left college Uh and found myself in a cool acting class, and everybody had reps and managers, and they were auditioning for HBO Pilots and stuff. And I remember being in that class and being like, this sucks. <laughs> like, I suck. <laughs> like, they're doing it. I'm not. My, Why am I here? Like, I hate my job. And it's like, you know, it's all the negative stuff. And I literally had to, like, tell myself, like, really reprogram. I had to, like, go, right. like, this – Feeling is awful. It's so much better to go in and support the people. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's still there. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? It, you know, and I've got actors here. Like, you know, some of my students and I will audition for the same jobs. Sure, you sure. know. Totally. And I love when they book work. Yeah. Because it's good for all of us, right? Absolutely. And I think in Asheville in general, like... Yeah. We're, we're part of a small community here. And when one of us wins, we all oh really gosh, win, yes. you know. So but, yeah, those feelings are real. Um, so uh,
2: can I just say something really fast? Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. I just yeah. looked this up and there's actually five different types of imposter syndrome. Oh, good. Good, good, good. I mean, I <laughs> hear him. I it's <laughs> hear him. perfectionist, which is kind of what we're talking about. Uh-huh. There's superhuman. Oh, there is natural genius. Oh, Jesus. Soloist and expert. Oh my god. That's a lot to unpack wow. and I don't think we have time to do it. But I just I just wanted to say, like, the cards are kind of stacked against it there's five gonna have to call my therapist. Yeah, we're gonna this. have to call a therapist yeah, right. for <laughs>
0: this. Which one am I? Which one am I? Be honest. Be honest.
2: I, I
1: can which, take it. Which four of the five am I? <laughs> I, yeah. can take it. I can
0: take it. well, I've been wanting to tell you this for a long time,
1: Erica. <laughs> 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 um <laughs> Okay, cool. So uh,
0: let's kind of get some of the basics here, Erica. So where are you from originally?
1: I grew up in North Dakota. Oh wow. Yep. Ooh. I am. A, I'm third generation of my family, born and raised in my hometown in North Dakota. Uh, my sister is raising the fourth generation in our same hometown. And I had a, a great childhood, but when I hit eighteen, I was like peace. <laughs> yep. And I went to I went to L.A. I went to school at USC, and I I was I was in L.A. from the time I was eighteen until I was. Thirty-seven. Oh wow! Yes. So, uh, then we uh, had our first child, and we moved to the southeast because we were like, "How do we do this in Los Angeles? We don't. We didn't have any family there." And, <laughs> We're like, oh, what do we do with this baby? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> it doesn't go <laughs> away. <laughs> <laughs> Help? Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> experience? Anyone? Uh, hello? The um, village? The vi- they said there was a village? <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> but it takes my village an hour to get here from five miles away, so I don't really know what to do. Um, so we moved to the southeast, and, um, and we've been here ever since, and I, I love it. I love it. Um, I really also truly, truly, truly love working here. Um, the... It, LA is amazing in terms of being a part of the entertainment industry cuz you're surrounded. And that's that for me that's a pro and a con, right? Cuz like sometimes I just want to escape it and but other times you're you're with your people all the time. You know, the the experience of of sort of coming up as part of the entertainment industry. I got to do that sort of my very very formative years in Los Angeles. I got to be in it, like mm-hmm. fully fully in it. And now that I know what I'm doing, I get to be here, and I get to also have work life balance, which I just mm-hmm, mm-hmm. never even came close to having. In Los right, Los it's not bet. even close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> How was that mm-hmm. transition for you? Well, so I left L. A. with a five month old oh, child, gosh. and so I, Yikes. I, I was postpartum. I, Ugh. I had this new baby that I was like, what do I do with this human being? Um, <laughs> and we moved into a house which was like. Four Four times the size of our tiny yeah. little apartment in yeah, yeah. Los Angeles, oh, sure. <laughs> and so it was empty because, of oh, wow, course, yeah. like we didn't have right. furniture <laughs> <laughs> to, to put in it. Um, and and it was the 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 first six months that we lived here. I was like, we've made a humongous mistake. Like, how sure. quickly can we sell this house and move back? Like this 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 is not where we need to be. This this, this is not it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And and it took time. You know, whenever actors talk to me about moving markets, because obviously there's so many different markets you can live in now as an actor,
2: yeah.
1: I always have to tell them, like, wherever you decide to go, understand there's going to be a transition period where you might be a little miserable. Mm-hmm. And um, I talked to an actor who he was moving from L.A. to Atlanta, and he was like, is this the right thing for me to do? And I was like, listen, I, that is not for me to say, but I can tell you the, the you know what to expect from this market, whatever. And I was like, but – no, from my experience, things don't just change for you overnight. You're not going to drop into this very busy market and be busy just because it's busy here, right? Like, y- you got—you aren't starting your craft at zero, but you are starting your relationships at zero. Or you're starting the fact that people now know you're here at zero, right? That The knowledge of you being in this market at zero. And he checked in with me after about three months of living in Atlanta, and he was like, I'm miserable. I'm trying to talk my partner into leaving as soon as possible. And I was like... You got to, you got to give it time. Like, like have that conversation again when you're nearing your year and you have to make a decision about your lease. Like that's, that's when you have that conversation. And he emailed me three months later. So it was his six month mark. And he was like, I love it. I'm so happy here. (laughs) This is the best possible place. We're going to buy a house. We're setting down roots. We're so happy. And I was like, "Mm -hmm." Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's really great advice. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta wait. I mean, it's 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 a really really hard thing to learn, and and for me, it involved a lot of uh, getting over my own ego, because when I left, you know, I had seventeen years of relationships and experience in Los Angeles,
2: Um,
1: and frankly more experienced than some people who were already here working in my field. And I took all these meetings before I moved with the you know, that we get hired by studio execs. So I took all these meetings with these studio execs. And they all said the same thing, which is we love you so much. We can't wait to hire you. We're so happy you're gonna be there. This is so great. Get ready to be busy. All of that. And we moved here in December and January came. And it was it was absolute crickets. And I was like, okay, fine. I'm just trying to figure out my life here anyway. So it's fine. And then February came crickets and March came crickets. And by then I was panicking, panicking. And I started doing all the things that actors do, which is that you send emails, you send emails to the people who are supposed to hire you saying, hi, remember me? I exist. Here's my resume. Please hire me.
0: Just circling around and yeah, following yeah. back Just up. Just following
1: back up on our conversation. <laughs> um, Keep know, it please, simple. Keep please, it short. Please think of me, you yeah, know, yeah. whatever. And in fact, as I was doing some of these, <laughs> these please hire me emails, these people who I had met with in December, three months prior, are like, oh my God, yes. Oh, we forgot you're there. Where are you again? They hit, they for, they forget like that. <laughs> yeah. It is crazy. So so that that sort of entrance into a new market can be very um, disheartening. I remember mm-hmm. there was there was a whole, a, a time. In L.A. where we had just this like exodus of Australian actors moving to Los Angeles. Because we were hiring them all the time. <laughs> and so then they just f- decided to, to jump the shark and move to L.A. before being hired for anything. And they would be huge stars in Australia, right? They would be on Neighbors or like one of their right. big, big shows. and Huge stars in Australia. And they would get to L.A. and nothing. And I think some of them probably eventually moved back. I know I know uh, at least a couple who just stopped acting. Altogether, um, and yeah. it's tough. I think yeah. the um, there there is a a gloriousness to be able to live wherever you want to live and be a professional mm-hmm. part of this um, okay. industry now. But there's so many options that I think people are jumping around a lot to try to find the spot for them, and that is tough mm-hmm. on the old ego. Being here and working in the southeast now for almost six years, I, you know, I see a lot of the LA ego in my peers, the people I work with, the producers I work with, or the actors or the, you know, directors or whatever. And they all have this moment while we're on a project together where they realize how good the talent is here. And it, it like shifts. I I was on this show, uh, I was doing local casting on the show and we were coming up to this episode with some, some rather, um, difficult characters where meaning like the, their specifications were, very, very, very specific. Right. And the showrunner was like, good luck. And I was like, <laughs> oh, don't you worry. <laughs> and I ended up having ample options for yeah. these roles. And she was like, oh, shit. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, And and I later on in that show, I've never gotten so many compliments on my cast than I did on that show. Cool. I got them from the guest directors. I got them from the showrunner. I got them from everybody where they were like, these people – are so good and I was like yes they are <laughs> yes they are but uh, but everybody comes in from LA with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder oh, as yeah. did I right, right. like oh, I can't live in LA so I'm better and, you know whatever <laughs> and and it's you know I don't know that you can be in LA and not just have that I think it, it's sort of ingrained partly because you um suffer so much to live there oh, yeah. you know like you've earned that chip oh, a little yeah. bit mm-hmm. um and so again it's not a judgment it's just kind of a fact more than anything else but um but it has been revelatory for me to have experienced it and gone through it and sort of you know met my own hubris and you know gotten over myself and then have having seen it in the people i work with and watch them go through it and be like oh no I re- this is this is awesome yeah, I do. love
0: I love living in the mountains. Oh my gosh! And traveling it's so to work. dreamy. Yeah, and like I live in the mountains and w- I travel to the beach yeah. to work. Yeah,
1: <laughs> not bad. Yeah, it's incredible. It doesn't suck. No.
0: Um, we're mentioning a lot. Of, we're talking a lot about markets, and um, you know, there's there's a lot of markets, and there's they've become pretty specific these yeah. days. You know, New York yeah. and the Southeast is a pretty big market. Um, LA and Canada and Vancouver, they mm-hmm, have their mm-hmm. markets. it's own thing entirely. <laughs> yes. Um but if you just a random question I just thought about like if you if there was an actor a young actor had unlimited resources like could go anywhere to explore acting what would be the market that you would say if I were you kid I would move to this market.
1: I w- it, it wouldn't be a general que- general answer. I would ask what their goals are because okay. because they all the markets sort of specialize in something, yeah. right? Um, New York is truly 50% film and TV, 50% Equity theater, paying yeah, theater. Paying, yeah. um, LA is a comedy place. That's where the comedy shoots. Uh, the Southeast is like 98% film and TV, um, mm-hmm. including big franchise stuff, which is really one of the only spots in the lower United States that does franchise stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Canada, tons of sci-fi mm-hmm. and fantasy. Um, uh, you know, I always tell people that uh, Louisiana has all the spooky stuff. <laughs>
2: like,
0: yeah uh, right you know yeah.
1: the, the the horror the uh American the dark horror. the yeah. dark fantasy stuff the vampire yeah, stuff you know it. whatever yeah. it's all louisiana um you know uh minnesota has a little burgeoning market mm-hmm. so they've got a little burgeoning market but Pittsburgh. of course yeah exactly so they're all different so my my question when would back to that person would be what do you want to do? Yeah. What kind of thing do you want to be in? How do you want to make a living? Do you want to be on stage and get paid decently for that? Then go to New York. Do you want to be in a Marvel project? Come to the Southeast. Oh, yeah. Is your dream to be on a multi sitcom? Go to Los Angeles. Yeah. So yeah. It, really, it really depends. Start in the comedy clubs. Yeah. And I think, you know, beyond that, what I always tell actors when they ask me about markets, because, of course, they are all so different, is where are you going to be happy when you're not acting and you have to ask yourself that question because, again, they're all quite different. I mean, the cost of living, because they're all generally around major cities, right? So cost of living is all quite high, I would say. But here in the Southeast, for example, right? Like, we, we are not the Atlanta market. We're the Southeast market. Mm-hmm. So you can live in a random spot in Tennessee and be part of this market. Oh, yeah. You know? And you can I'm
0: finding more and more of that. Like, when I, I moved into this market, I guess now 15 years ago from mm-hmm. L.A., and when I would find myself on a you know, major TV show or feature film set, it was all LA actors and then me. Sure. You know? Sure. And I was like, Hey, yeah, cool, yeah. I used to live in LA. Oh, what part of LA you live yeah, in? Yeah, oh yeah. yeah, I live in Black Mountain, North Carolina. Yeah. But <laughs> now what I'm finding the last show I did in particular before everything went crazy, um, is a lot of the A-list main actors are not living in L.A. No.
2: No, no. like
0: yeah. the, the one of the main actors in the last show I was in, he lives in, Belfast, <laughs> you know, like that's, his, and I was like, so I was, you're, I was like, you're I'm from not. Belfast or, and you just live in LA. He's like, absolutely not. No, I'm Belfast. And yeah. I'm like, I love that. And then, you know, a lot of people are scattered around Georgia. It's not necessarily, you yeah. don't have to live in right in Atlanta. And right. I, I tell actors all the time, like people like, do you think I have to move to Atlanta or LA? If you want to move to Atlanta, L.A., go for it. But you could live in Alaska in a cabin with Internet and resources, and you could be a successful working
1: actor. Yeah, I mean, that was the thing, I think, in 2020 – it's just a mass exodus. Yeah, um, I remember. So I talked to this actor friend of mine, and, and sh- she's quite successful. But she had been sort of one of those journeyman actors, journeywomen actors, mm-hmm. and just slogging her way through up to the point where she was finally getting to be a series regular and a lead and things. And so for the last like five or so years, she's been hitting. She's been hitting that lead you know, sweet spot. Yeah. And so she's been doing quite well. And they've she and her husband have lived in LA since they were 18. They're now well into their forties. And um I was talking to her about self-taping and she was like, I hated it at first. And then I realized that if I embraced it, this could be really good for my life. And she did. And she started she continued booking at a high level and she was like that Self-taping, you know, learning to love self-taping and then figuring out how to do it so that I could book again has allowed us to leave Los Angeles. And they just bought a house in, like, Missouri. Wow.
0: <laughs> that's awesome.
1: Yeah. yeah. And yeah. they just moved. And I was like, good for you. And that's
0: so interesting <laughs> to hear you say that. Um, I, I never really thought about it, but, no, you know, the self-taping process has been, God, what a journey it's been.
1: Oh, my gosh. Well, and, I, you know, I think a lot of people – I mean, listen, I, I used to teach self-taping, you know, in a sort of workshopy type setting when I was in L.A., and I started teaching it back in 2012, and people were terrible at it. They were, you yeah. know, the vertical phones and the, you know, whatever. Pictures all the, all in the, the background. The, yeah, I mean, yeah. It was just, uh, they were absolutely terrible at it. And every time I would do it, they'd all be like, oh, God, that was really hard. Oh, why was that so hard? That was really hard. <laughs> I was like, yeah, but you know what? If you learn how to do this, you can go on vacation, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you can be homesick mm-hmm. or not miss a shift at work or whatever. Like this is a good thing for you to learn. And they all said the same thing, which is like, but can I just go in the room? So there was this major hesitancy, not, not across the board. I think a lot of people embrace self taping, you know, a long time ago, but but many people were like, I don't really need to learn them. You know, oh, yeah. I don't, I don't a, really need it. That's a typical actor. Yeah, yeah, as an actor, oh, yeah, I'll do I'm, it on the day. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> I'll learn it on the day. Exactly. How would a script read me? Yeah. Um, and 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 they didn't. And then when even when they did start doing, we you know we really started um using more self tapes in general in like twenty fifteen in LA because the reps would use it as a okay, well you are saying no to them coming into the room, but what if I have them self tape? They they were using it as like a Selling uh, Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And we'd be like, all right, whatever. Um and and so people they they didn't necessarily learn how to do it then. They would just go to self taping studios. So they didn't fully ever embrace it. And then of course they were forced to embrace it. And so I think there there's maybe uh, some, some I mean, not, I don't think, I, I know there's some anger around it. Right, right. Because it wasn't a choice. It was, it was, This we're doing this now. This is the only way forward. And then we've stuck with it and it's made plenty of people mad.
0: The thing that I, that for me as an actor in self taping is like, well, I, when I was living in LA, I did my first self tape in LA before I left LA. Sure. And I, I had an agent and the agent submitted me for an HBO pilot. And it, it, it was some motorcycle thing. And back then I had like really long hair and tat- oh, yeah. I still have the tattoos. They didn't go away. I couldn't cut them. That was <laughs> probably like
2: 2005 <laughs> or 6. Oh.
0: And so my agent was like, hey, I submitted you for this project and they didn't want to see you. Uh, but I think you should go ahead. I'm going to give you the sides. Go ahead and do a tape. And I was like, okay. Well, I had a camera and group of guys that I would make short films with so that it was a, it was like four people in the scene so like I had four people come over <laughs> I set up three cameras uh-huh, sure. I had a guy do sound sure. dog barking in the background we did post I mean Glass. like oh, we had a dolly we brought a dolly and we made a makeshift dolly I mean it was oh, all yeah. guys I went to college with it, it was great and I sent it and the agent loved it and I of course nothing happened. I, I can't even imagine what the HBO reps thought about it. <laughs> and then I moved here and my agent was like, Yeah, that's how we do it here. And my first self tape, I, I call it my Nick Cage audition because <laughs> I shot it from ankle to <laughs> top of my head and yes. I paced back and forth. Like it was all over the place. It was raising Arizona. It was nuts. Yeah, it was and amazing. I sent it to my agent like out of breath, like this. <sighs> this I is it. so good. This is so good. Yeah. And he was like, Uh, buddy, Rusty called me up. Buddy uh I'm gonna uh, we're gonna have to shoot that again there, buddy and I'm gonna give you a few pointers on that one um so i I, I got the hang of it but yeah uh, the self tape and then when the pandemic hit like I you know I shoot auditions for actors and town sure. I, I shoot auditions all the time. I'm really into it, but the pandemic hit and things got really weird for me yeah like because I went in because I'm kind of a control freak. Mm-hmm. So I started doing things like well, I'm gonna record my voice oh no as the reader uh-huh. Shoot myself, and then I can make the beats as the reader, however I want to. I'd edit Uh my voice, Uh so I'd have it all timed (laughs) out. Uh And then where's the organicness of it? Oh, it's not. Oh, none. There's zero. But the control of it was wonderful. Sure. And I would look at these auditions, and I think to myself, I controlled every (laughs) Every aspect of that. No reader. I did it all by myself. Took me four (laughs) hours to do a three-line audition. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then i realized how absolutely insane that was and then when the pandemic broke and we started getting people in the room again i was just like
2: oh all oh, right this is oh, awesome right! Oh,
0: right. <laughs> it's connection it's uh, eye contact
2: eye contact i know i, Listening, I remember responding no when control
0: we, not knowing what's happening when
2: we were first starting like trying to shoot actors auditions and things were just starting to come again i was like we got to buy a shower curtain and we got to have the shower curtain across the room and you were like I can't see the actor if we do that. <laughs>
1: well,
0: I, I, I humored her. I put it out. <laughs> you did,
1: you did. I'm gonna tell you all a little secret. I've never told anybody this. Oh God,
0: I'm so excited. Are we rolling. Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I did a self tape when I, I had one professional audition as a child. I was. Mm, 16 maybe something like that and there was an open call i have no i cannot for the life of me i cannot remember what it was for it involved something where i had to sing so it must have been some <laughs> sort of musical I, have, I don't know what um but i heard about this open call and i i was a big drama nerd in high school and i was like i'm gonna do this thing, i'm gonna <laughs> do it and we had to go rent a camcorder we rented one wow. my dad filmed it for me Oh, we no. had a VHS yes. that we had to then FedEx oh, I love this. to <laughs> a certain place. But that that that's was amazing. that was I mean, that was the we first self self-tape. We did it at home. You oh, know yep. I may mean? That would have
0: like, been the first self take.
1: Come on, <the> Mayflower. <laughs> that's right, that's right. <laughs> I think we have but, it
0: here, but ladies but and gentlemen. Like, we're gonna <laughs> check some background, do some fact <laughs> that's checking.
2: That's right. Just a little bit. a little
1: bit. But but that's the thing is that like this has been existing forever. It's just that now it's become the norm instead of the one-off experience. Mm -hmm. But, but, you know.
0: I loved it at first. When I first started doing self-tape, I I was the that was the first part of it I was like oh man I could shoot myself a hundred times oh, I could shoot a hundred takes I could do a hundred <laughs> takes and then pick the best one and you know that's insane that's
1: in a nightmare. Yeah, after it's like, <laughs> nightmare it's an actual nightmare it's an actual nightmare because yeah. like
0: after five it's like what is even happening no anymore?
1: yeah, you yeah. Know so I, I would always tell actors, yeah. like, don't do ten takes yeah no. yeah yeah don't do ten takes because in, in the room in live auditions we're never giving anybody more than three no it's two yeah oh my gosh yeah. we hit the fourth one and you see an actor spiraling. You can see their head being like, I'm a terrible actor. What am I not getting? I've been flushed. I'm, like, yes. <laughs> like, like this is what yeah. what's missing here? What she thinks I'm awful. Oh my God. And it's just it, it's just not the fourth one is never good. It's I not good. It. It's, it's certainly not better than the third. Um <laughs> so I always tell actors, I was like, when you're self-taping, don't don't do that many. Like everybody everybody always asks me like how do I pick? How do I pick the best take? I'm like limit your takes. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That is the only way that you won't go insane Mm. trying to choose a take. Oh, yeah. And
0: I shoot auditions for lots of actors. So, like, for those actors, yeah, it doesn't happen anymore because, you know, I had to put the kibosh on it. But, like, early on, people would be like, all right, we'd shoot 20 takes for a scene. And then (laughs) then we'd have to sit down and watch them (laughs) and pick the best one. And it's just like I had to start, like, telling actors, like, this is not good for anybody. No. For for the process, for the project, for no. you. For you don't do twenty takes many, on set. No. no. If there's a problem and, and unless you're working with a very specific director and you're going in like, All right, I know this director's gonna make us do it ninety eight times. I get it. <laughs> but like if you're doing twenty takes of almost anything, there's there's other issues. It yeah. might not be you, right, right, but right. like there's issues. Right. Um, totally. Um, So we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back with Erica Bream on this week's episode of Head in a Box. Head in a Box is brought to you by the Actors Center of Asheville, located in Black Mountain, North Carolina. The Actors Center of Asheville is a professional acting school, allowing artists to train in a safe environment, both in front of the camera and on stage. Visit us online at theactorscenterofashville.com and schedule your interview for class today. The Actors Center of Asheville, train, create, book. Welcome back. We're here with Erica Bream. What got you into casting?
1: So, like I told you about my 16-year-old uh, drama nerd journey, um, I, I really loved acting, really, really loved it, really loved performing on stage, did all my school musicals and plays and stuff like that. But auditioning for those school musicals and plays was horrifying. How fascinating. <laughs> yes. I absolutely hated auditioning. I hated it. So when it came time, you know, I was 16. It was the the, the formative time where you have to sort of make some choices about what you're going to do after (laughs) high school. And I really wanted to, I thought I was going to be a doctor. I wanted to be a doctor. Uh, um, and I really thought that was going to be my path. How and proud your parents would have been. <laughs> I a Jewish doctor <laughs> yes. in oh, my, the family. I just, if I would have said that to my been s- mom. I know, I know, I always I said that to my mom.
0: I was like, Mom, you could have sent me to law school. Yeah. You could have sent me to medical school. You sent me to acting school. Yeah, you think yeah was it's, your it's your fault, um, it's your fault.
1: You supported me. Fault. I don't know what to tell you. Yep. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I wanted to be a doctor, and I was I was getting into that place where I was sort of thinking about it. And I was, uh, I was the athletic trainer. For the student athletic trainer for our uh, boys' hockey team in high school, and at a tournament, a kid got stepped on by a skate. Now, hockey players, of course, wear a crap ton of pads, but there's one area of their body that is like totally exposed, and it's their calves. (laughs) Okay, and this kid got stepped on in his calf, and so he's laying on the on the table in the in the medical room. And my, the trainer, who's a grown up, of course, it brings me over. He's like, here, Erica, look. And I look and I see this kid's bone. And I was like, I'm out. So that sort of upended my entire plan. Um, And I was like, (laughs) uh, okay. So I thought, well, what's the next best thing? And I didn't know anything about casting. You know, again, it's not like North Dakota is a bastion of film production where I could actually see how things work. Like it's, you know, I had no idea. Um, But I, uh, I had a a grandmother who was based in, she was from New Jersey and she was a teacher and she loved researching. She was like a dog with a bone when it came to researching. And so I talked to my grandma and she was like, hang on, I'm going to ask some questions. I'm going to ask some people some questions. And of course she, they were right outside Manhattan. So, so she had some people who knew people who knew people (laughs) and you know, whatever. And, um, so she was like, okay, I talked to so-and-so who talked to so-and-so, and they said you should read this and look at this, and um, you should get this Ross report, and blah, 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 blah. Ross report, Ross, Remember wow. Ross reports? Yes. Um, and, uh, and then my grandma got me an internship at a talent agency oh, right out of high school. So I graduated high school, and two days later I was at my grandparents' house and taking the train into Manhattan and working at this talent agency. And... Um, the te- the first day at the time I'm 18 years old, just graduated high school. They're like, "Hey, welcome. Here, sit down. Uh, we need you to make some phone calls. This this stack here. You're gonna call these people and let them know they didn't get this one, but we feel confident they're gonna get the next one." And I was like, "Okay." Oh, they man. gave there was a stack of 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 kill slips. For com- com- this huge commercial campaign.
0: Oh no! They actually <laughs> called and said no, huh? Yeah.
1: Well, Not I no. had to call and say no. <laughs> I had to call and tell the <laughs> clients, so sorry that you didn't get. And I didn't realize like how awful it was until I started talking to people. And they're like, oh, okay, thanks. And I was like, oh, oh. I had like fifty of them oh. to do. It was it was uh, ridiculous. It was absolutely terrible. So like the eventually they moved me over the the youth department at this agency. <laughs> was full service so they did commercial and theatrical the adult side was just commercial so so they moved me over to youth and i was there for a while and i, I it was so fun to be on that side because it was like kristen bell was a client she was a oh, wow. you know so young and taylor Momsen, and you know all of these like people who became mm. you know well-known people and they would just come flitting into the office and they were just there was just hayden Panettiere. i remember was there so one day, one of the agents on the youth side was like, so do you want to be an agent? And I was like, no, 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 no. no." And they were like, oh, cool. So uh, what do you want to do? And I was like, I don't know. I think casting. And they were like, all right. So they called up a commercial casting director that they knew, and they uh, effectively offered her my me, my free labor, my free labor for the day. And I went over to this commercial casting and I just sat in the waiting room and I checked people in and I took Polaroids of people, of course, nice. and I answered phones and uh, it was the most fun I'd ever had. I thought it was the greatest thing. I had ever experienced just being in this it was July in Manhattan in a high-rise with no air conditioning oh, of it course was so it was hot the, it was real it, it was, was so hot it's so <laughs> muggy and it was truly the most fun I had ever had just being among the actors and I I was I was just instantly hooked it was oh, instantly yeah. hooked mm. and by then I had made the the very uh wise decision to go to USC and um I thought I was I was going to be a business major to oh. be practical mm. and a film minor because we got to be practical. No. Oh yeah. And my first semester at USC uh, almost failed out <laughs> because I was failing calc, I was failing econ and I was like this is dumb. I did not come <laughs> to USC to be a business major. I came for the film school. Right. So I I transferred fully into the film school, graduate with a film degree and and so every semester I um or every summer I should say. I would I would stay in LA when school's out and I would get another internship. And I just tried different things and I worked at another agency. I worked at a voice casting company. I worked for an independent um, casting director. And then I went and I did something completely different. I worked I worked at New Line in the photography department. Oh cool. And they did like all these different things, but it was always casting. And I've truly have never I've never looked back unquestionably. It's cool,
0: calling, so you get right? it here first. Uh, Erica Bream started as a hitman. <laughs> <laughs> she had kill slips. You heard it. Take it out of context. Do what you want slips.
1: with it. Um, that's what they were called. It
2: was terrible. I she's asked, callous. Yeah, Like, that's who terrible. makes Eric, an 18-year-old make those phone calls? Erica
0: Bream uh. was so sweet, but she's They're she's like, callous. you're
2: so full of joy. Let's crush that right now. You get to hear... We're oh, going to jump cry. you in the deep end so and awesome. make I mean, it so you don't want to come back. I mean, that's the industry,
0: right? Like, if she can get through this, if she still loves it, exactly. then she really loves
2: it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So
0: let's talk. I know we're having so much fun, but let's talk about a subject that's a little less fun. Sure. Um, so strike, writer strike, sag strike. Yep. Uh, actors out of work, writers out of work. Yeah.
1: Um, all of us out of work.
0: All of us out of our casting. I mean, we were talking earlier about the industry and being in L.A. and surrounded by the industry. And it's like, you know, like when you live in L.A., there isn't there isn't a job in L.A. that isn't somehow connected to the industry. Mm -hmm. So. Okay, I mean, so uh, lots of people hurting, lots of emotions, lots yeah. of things happening. Let, let's just, I know this is a dangerous question, but I want to like, kind of just fire it out quick. Like, wh- what's your prediction? Everyone oh, wants to God. know. I know. Well, it's my, impossible. My predictions It have, changes daily, Yes, it, it does seems.
1: change daily. I, I, I waver between like it's going to end any day because if they don't end this in the next week or so their entire 2023 2024 tv slate is out the window their film slate for 2024 is impacted like they, it has to happen in this next week in order for that stuff to be salvaged you know the the thing to know about the the end of this is that it can end at any moment the people who are able to end it are the only people who know when it's going to end and those are the ceos it is happening because it has to happen. Right?
0: Yeah, and it's happening on m- other oh my gosh, areas. I labor mean, la- yes, areas, everywhere. Pilots
1: it, and drivers and yeah. hospitality workers yeah. and it, teachers it,
0: and yeah, even Broadway like yes. costumers and yes. pro- yeah. So it's like there's all kind of, and it all stems from the same thing. It's like just an unbalanced amount of wealth.
1: Yeah, the greed part is is uh, devastating, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's yeah. like. I know these CEOs know that that we, the people who make the, these things, are the commodity. Like we're the commodity. Mm-hmm. And yet it, they won't pay us. And it 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 feel it, it feels devastating on, on a lot of different levels. But I think when you see how people are showing up for each other in whatever way they can, it really is. It really is meaningful. Mm-hmm. I, and for one of the things that I think is is um, especially unique and special about this strike in particular, as opposed to the 2007-2008 strike, is with the prol- pro- proliferation of so- social media. Yes. We have gotten to know each other's stories. You know, nobody... We are in our own little bubbles. I mean, I know what actors deals are like because I have to make those deals, but I don't know what you know. IA crew goes through. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you know when when they had all of their IA stories in twenty twenty one when their contract was up, and they were sharing all these horrific stories about like their safety and and their health issues be- from overworking and whatever. I was like, oh my god, I had no idea. And I think the empathy we are growing for each other and and how we see each other, not just as, as peers and coworkers, but as like, Oh shit, that's what you have. That's what you've been going through. Like we don't know that yet an actor doesn't get to set and and is like, yeah, man, the commission I paid to my lawyer and my agent and my manager, and then whatever, I only Mm -hmm. made 50 bucks. You know, they, you get to set and you work. Mm -hmm. And, and so it's, you know, we don't share these stories a lot, and we're they're they're being shared now, and they're being shared vociferously mm-hmm. and very publicly. Um, I remember when um, Kimiko Glenn shared her whole um, residual story from *Orange of the New Black* mm-hmm. on social media, and it it took off, and people yeah. were like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, she made like nine cents. <laughs> yeah, uh, for foreign residuals, you know, and um, you know, I I think people just people just don't know that about each other because we don't no. talk about it because no. it 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 Sucks to
2: talk about. It
0: sucks to talk about it. You don't want to. Yeah, you know, the times that like, you know, I had to borrow gas money to get to the job. And people who watch the TV show watch that and be like, oh, you're doing all right.
1: Am (laughs) I? I mean, I I always think, you know, people always think casting directors get residuals. We don't get residuals. Uh. We don't get residuals. And they're always shocked. To find that out, and I'm like, yeah, we we don't get residuals. It would make sense that you would. That, you, yeah. yeah, but we don't. You're a creative. Part, you're a part of the creative team. We don't. But I think the the global uh, impact of this is is very, very, very wide reaching. Mm-hmm. And but what I what I am sensing now, maybe even more so than early days in the strike, is that people see how wide reaching it is, and they're reaching out their hands to sort of help each other, mm-hmm. mm. and that is beautiful. It's gorgeous. It's, it's, it it really, it makes me feel so proud to be part of this industry. And like, no matter what, even if after this I get paid even less, um, (laughs) I'm still going to be proud because, because it, because it really, um, you know, these are people I want to work with. Mm -hmm. You Mm -hmm. know, I Mm -hmm. want to be part of a a, you know, 300 person team that works together because, I deeply admire these artists and what Mm -hmm. they're doing. And I love
0: the team. That's my my favorite. That's why I do it. It's the team. It's the ensemble. And that's the other thing that you hit on. It's like, you know, you mentioned the last strike and we're we're coming out of a pandemic. It's like, you know, I teach uh, acting to students who are looking and hungry for acting work. And it's like, it's difficult. But the, the thing is, it's like, we will all be stronger at the end. Oh my we will gosh. all be better. And it's like we started this conversation with like the longevity of an artist. And, you know, if you're gonna do art your entire life, like what the obstacles you have to overcome. And usually yeah. those obstacles are like, I'm having trouble paying my rent or keeping the heat on, which right. are real obstacles. Yes. But now obstacles are like global pandemics. Right. And <laughs> right. industry shutdowns. They're right. And it's like, all right, but it's still Still, yeah. <laughs> at the back end of this, you know, we're all going to be stronger. We're all going to be better. The community will be better. We'll ho- love each other a little bit better, and I- hopefully, there'll just be a tidal wave of fucking work <laughs> that's built up behind <laughs> this strike.
1: I mean, listen, they're going to need something, yeah. right? Yeah. They're going to need something. Let's just hope that the the you, the guilds get their uh, what they need on AI, so oh, that
2: yeah. we oh yeah,
1: others work for us.
2: I know. <laughs> really yeah, a that's, scary. that's a scary That's a scary topic. Yeah, yeah the and like whole AI. we could talk
0: an hour, an hour on oh AI God, because it's just like it affects everything. Oh, there's, everything. There's nothing yeah. that it doesn't affect.
2: I mean, it even affects my industry. Oh, like, sure. You can go online right now and say, I want to hear, uh, write me a song that sounds like Kellen Watson that's, you know, 130 beats per minute and in the key of E flat, and it'll crank out a song. I know. I know. That's depressing horrifying it's horrifying.
1: horrifying it's just a weird time to be in our right. industry you know between the pandemic and and this it's you know i feel so badly for like the kids who graduated drama school in may of 2020 man i have
0: students right now who have never had an in-person oh, in I know. the room mm-hmm. audition like that is like that that might as well be like yeah you know I just had an
1: actor ask me about that she was like so should I ever get an in-person audition do I just tell them I want to do it again I was like no <laughs> no I don't so you can ask but yeah, they yeah. can say no yeah 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 <laughs> um, she, had, she had no idea she was like she was like I've never done this what should I expect and I was like oh my god yeah.
0: and, uh, you got you got uh, you and I I'm sure too I'm sure you feel this way like I would love to be back in a room again. Oh,
1: man. And then, yes. you know, the
0: convenience, you can't beat the convenience. You can't. Totally. totally. Absolutely can't. Yes, yes. But, you know, like I did not like driving to Wilmington seven hours. Yes. I'd love to sit in a room with Jackie Birch. I'll do it. I'll drive to sit with Jackie. Totally. But the the line was not even a line. It was okay. Ugh. And, you know, I had a call back and I did the drive and I sat in the room and I sat there <laughs> with Jackie and the director. The director was like, okay, go ahead. And I was like, Okay. and he was like do it again I was like okay and he was like do it again I was like okay and he was like cool thanks and I was like
1: did you get it? No. Oh, and my as, God. But here's
0: the funny story. As I was walking in, as I was walking out, I was Jackie was like, thank you. Thank you, Kevin. Thanks. And I got up to walk away, and her daughter was walking in a tray of brownies. Uh-huh. But was, uh. And they were just coming in, and I snatched the top one. And I was like, I'm taking this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> thank you, everybody.
0: And I walked out.
1: <laughs> so you did get something. I got a brownie. Okay. I don't
0: know if that caused me. the. I bet you Jackie was like, he just took my brownie.
2: <laughs> that um, cost you.
0: What is the thing for you? I, I've been really kind of on this trip lately about curiosity.
2: Mm. And, like, mm-hmm.
0: I feel like everything is about curiosity. Yeah. And if, you, if you're if you curious, it, it, it opens doors. It leads you down paths you wouldn't normally go down. And curiosity is just the thing.
2: Staying open. Staying yeah. open
0: and curious. And, and, you know, if it scares you... That doesn't necessarily mean you shouldn't do it kind of stuff. So what what, what for you in in a business that's the strike ends today? (laughs) Let's just say we're all back to work and it's full steam ahead and, you know, family job. We're working so much. I hope that we're just barely able to hold it all together. But what do you do to hold on to, you know, your curiosity? Like, like the childlike magic that kind of like the Thing that got us all into this. Like I'm an actor. I watch movies when I was a kid. People ask me like Indiana Jones, anything Harrison Ford when I was a kid. Yeah, I yeah. was like, I want to be Han Solo in sure. Indiana Jones. So that's the magic for me. What's the, where do you find your curiosity? Where do you keep your magic?
1: I mean, that that's that's my job. Like that, you know, um seeing what an actor does with a piece of text is fascinating. Mm. And if they truly honor themselves in that process, it's going to be completely different than the next person. Still totally appropriate for the project, but completely different than the next person. And to see what is this actor who I know really well, what are they going to do with it? That just absolutely floors me. It, it is it is 100% the thing that drives me on a daily basis. Um, we uh, So in 2020, when we're doing all the self-tape challenges during the pandemic and stuff like that, I had one challenge where I had... 8,500 tapes come in, and about six weeks into watching these tapes, I was only maybe cracking like 2,000 at that point, and my husband was just like, just pick someone, just pick someone, because there was going to be a winner, right, mm-hmm. He's like, just pick, just pick from her, and nobody, nobody needs to know, you didn't watch them. and I was like, I can't, I must know what is in these other tapes. You have to. I <laughs> must know. <laughs> and I did, I watched all 8,500, I think it took me two full months to watch them all, and um, and it was amazing. I mean, I, I saw so many tapes in, in that bunch that were deeply inspiring or moving or hysterically funny or whatever, but I, I couldn't not watch them. Like, the, you know, they're we, we always talk about self-tape deadlines and, and how actors are always nervous that we're going to send tapes forward to our producers without watching everything as soon as we have our favorite, you know, four or five or whatever. Right. And I do know that th- there are some casting directors who operate that way and they're they're quite vocal about it. But the rest of us don't. And part of that is that if we're inviting you to audition, we're really excited to see your take on this. Yeah. I cannot stand the idea of, of sending things forward knowing that somebody who I love and am interested in has a version of this in them and I've not yet seen it. It's that it's everything. Mm-hmm. It's everything. Mm-hmm. So, so the curiosity for me is, is the, the, the sort of driving force in my job. Um, so outside of, you know, work mm-hmm. that I get paid to, you know, cast things yeah, for, yeah, yeah. um, I, I get to experience that in my classes and stuff like that. Cool. Um, that, you know, I love teaching. I, I, I find a lot of joy and pleasure in teaching, but, but a big piece of it for me is that I still get to have that engagement that I get to have when I cast something, which Mm -hmm. is I get to see what an actor comes up with. Mm -hmm. And it's never boring. Mm -hmm. It really isn't. I mean, a a take can be kind of boring, but the actor's not boring. It's just, you know, a choice that they happen to Mm -hmm. make and whatever. And um, I just, I'm, I'm always intrigued. Like, what is this person going to do with it? What, what, what is in them that they decided to, to add into this? What are they going to bring out? Um, and sometimes, you know, they, they aren't bringing anything out and you're like, Oh, bring more of yourself. Yeah. But, and that's the note you give them. Yeah. But, but a lot of times, I mean, I always love whenever we're starting a process and I'm looking through the people who I'm inviting to read, I'm like, I bet it's going to be this person. I bet this person is just going to fucking nail it. They're going to, mm-hmm. they're going to be the person. They're going to be the favorite. And then somebody in that group who I've invited because I'm in, Intrigued mm-hmm. to see their version of mm-hmm. it, sends in a take, and you're like, "Fuck, that was good! <laughs> oh my god! Like, I knew I liked you, but uh, I was not anticipating." Those are this. my those are my tapes. Obviously, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> obviously, obviously. Um, and um, I just love that. I love being surprised. I love. Uh, I I always tell people that, like I, I enjoy being proven wrong mm-hmm. about somebody, and it really is. It is revelatory. And I think the um, the experience of watching something and being surprised is is really you know it's why I got into this yeah mm. um, yeah the magic it, yeah and you can find it in a number of different places but you know for me I get it on a on a daily basis when I'm casting something outside of that it's class and then outside of that it's just well, watching watching stuff. Well, I
0: can stuff. say from experience that um, you're you're an exceptional teacher. Thank you. Um, you're a very generous teacher. Thank you. Um, and whenever I talk about you, whenever somebody brings up, you know, like casting directors in the southeast and stuff, you're up there with a very actor-friendly casting director.
1: Thank you. That means a lot.
0: Well, it, it, it it's, and I don't I don't say it lightly. So uh, what, in your experience, like, what was, like, the best training you ever received, whether it was a job or life or yeah. actual education, like, what was the best training?
1: What I learned in film school was how to give a critique that was constructive.
0: Very important.
1: Very important. I wasn't just like, I don't like that. It was like, okay, well, this worked for me, but this didn't. Here's why. What about this? Mm -hmm. And I learned how to talk to other filmmakers and talk about filmmakers Mm -hmm. with that in mind. It wasn't just a reaction. It was a, a conversation, mm. and that's where I learned how to do that, and I think that that has helped me a lot in, in speaking to actors in the audition process. In fact, a lot of directors no. don't have that ability. Well, and
0: I was going to say, when I was at FSU, I was a theater major, but at the film school, mm-hmm. I took so many, I volunteered all the time to be an actor in scene classes yeah. teaching directors how to talk to actors. Yes,
1: yes, it's you know, huge.
0: I mean, I've, God, I've, I, I'll, I'll I'll make all the people in this story nameless but <laughs> there's an actor in this town and uh, that actor went to an in-person call back and after the read the casting director said to this person okay can you just do it better?
1: Ooh. and every <laughs> time I hear
0: that story I'm just like God, I don't even know how I would handle that like I no pro- <laughs> nah, I can't, thank you so much
2: uh, no. that's all I got Give it all I got. Can I ask ask three or a few rapid fires? Sure, sure. I have completely unrelated to casting director life, actor life. Okay. Okay. This is just, I want to know more about you. Sure. Kellen
0: Watson Unscripted.
2: (laughs) (laughs) What is your pet peeve in life? In life, in general. Uh, Oh, God. The first thing (laughs) that comes to your mind. How much time do we have? First thing. Um, The first thing that comes to my mind, uh, I guess, people who talk over other people. Mm. Good one. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I've done that like three times already today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really so sorry. I'm going to go now. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now, what is your something you can't live without? Oh, I mean, my kids. Yeah. yeah. And that's, yeah. That would be my yeah. answer, too. Yeah. Okay. And then what's your favorite thing to do with your downtime? Play with my kids. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. The uh, you know, Perfect. listen. I don't have a ton of well. This is one thing actually that the strikes have delivered, and it happened to align, of course, with summer vacation from school. Yeah, is more time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have two small children, as mm-hmm. do you two. Mm-hmm. Um, mine are six and two, and I, you know, this is this is time that. I'm not going to have with them. And I don't always like last summer I was working so much last summer that by the time Christmas came around I was like I'm 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 dead. I'm done. Yeah. Me and too. like it and it's, it's something that like you know looking back on it now in 2023 which is the the year of no work <laughs> um, I'm like oh my god it was so great but really it like somewhere in there is the balance Mm -hmm. somewhere in there is the balance of working in a meaningful way and spending time with your family in a meaningful Mm -hmm. way. And, Mm. and I would love that balance to happen at the same time, but, but the, the, you know, um, juxtaposition of having worked truly nonstop in 2022 and worked so very little in 2023, but been very, very present for my kids. I mean, it's, it's it's great, you know, they're they're little. They're mm-hmm. little. And mm-hmm. you know, my two year having having two kids, you understand with the second one that it, time is fleeting. Oh my and, um, god. And um and, and you uh, We have no sympathy for oh. parents with one child. They don't even know. But uh. um but you know, the you you look at that I, I'm looking at my second child who's two already, and I'm like, wait a minute, I gave birth to you yesterday. Yeah. And you're now in daycare, and you're gonna just starting your school journey. Ah, like wait, yeah. wait, 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 wait. Let me bottle this moment and keep it forever. And so, you know, the people are always like, "Do you have hobbies?" I'm like, "No, no, I
2: have children.
1: I like some. If I'm lucky, I get to read a book sometimes. Yeah. Um, no, I, 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 you know, any f- spare time I have is is you know, playing Pokemon with my six-year-old, yeah. playing yeah. trucks and cars with my trucks two-year-old, trucks and cars, trucks dude. And cars. cars. Um, You know, and it's it, this summer. My husband was like, "Wow, you've been available to come to the pool with us so much." I'm like, "Well, I'm not working," so, you know. <laughs> yeah. um, but it, but it has been fun. You know, I got to see my six-year-old really start to excel at swimming. Cool, you know, and mm-hmm. you know stuff like that. So, so the. The downtime is 100% reserved for the kids. Key. And it yeah. sounds like
2: it's also part of your, like, regeneration yes. time. you yeah. well, re-energizing. It, it makes me appreciate the busy work schedule. Yeah. It totally does because I'm like, okay, well,
1: frankly – the work is easier than parenting now, of course <laughs> so almost everything down. is so yes so i go back to work and i'm like okay well this is a big piece of cake
2: yeah compared yeah compared to
1: yeah. trying to discipline my 6 year old you know
2: so yeah it's amazing how parenting like i feel like sometimes like oh this is the hardest thing I've ever, ever done in ever. my life. Yes. And it also makes you feel so accomplished too when you yeah. get through a day and you're like, I'm such a badass. Or when, or when somebody
1: compliments your child and they're like, you know, your kid <sighs> did this so great. And I'm like.
2: Oh. I like cry immediately. I know. It's welcome, like I- to our,
0: welcome to our new podcast, Kid in a Box.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh God. I think people
0: are successful if you're an artist uh-huh. and you're able to find a way to do your art every single day. I yeah. feel like you're successful. Yeah. And to be an artist, I mean, I'm 50. I'm about to be 51. I've been training as an actor since I was 10. Sure. I've been doing this my whole life, so it's a lot of evolution and changes, and it's like the kids are just a whole other element of it, you know? Yeah. and, uh, and this is a different point, but, like, I, I just recently said, it's like, I've been teaching acting since I was 18. Mm. So, like, the idea of teaching acting, there are concepts that I have been teaching that I can't 100% say I understood. Right. Like, the concept of, like, living in the moment.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, right. that's,
0: like, a way yeah. deeper concept than just being an actor, right? So, like, I've been saying, oh, wait, just be in the moment. Be in the I don't think I really even understood what that concept was until I had kids. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. now that I have kids and you have a kid, Who's just like when my and when Tulia, my six year old's like, we're, we're having a tea party. It's, and yeah. you want to be like and you're busy and you're working. And you want
2: to be on your phone while you you're want, having the yeah, tea party yeah, or, or the yeah, pre
0: pandemic or pre-strike, it's just like I can't. I yeah. simply can't. And now it's just like fuck let's, it. Yeah, let's fucking do that fucking tea, party. tea party. And Sign then you up. sit there and you're <laughs> like, I, I can't be in this tea party and be thinking about what I should be doing. Exactly. Right. And I can't be in this tea party thinking about what's coming up. Right. Like so, oh fuck this is being in the moment, yeah. you know, and, it and it's good. like, and it feels great. And yeah. now just as an actor now, it's just like, God, I just can't wait for the strike to be over because right. I feel like the, my kids have taught me a concept in my art that yeah. like I've been trying to teach my whole life. Yeah. And now it's like fucking kids, man. You know, yeah, I yeah. love them.
1: As, as a <laughs> casting director with like uh, when I'm casting roles that are parents, you can tell when somebody's a parent upset. or not. Yeah, you can tell. That's you can tell. Um. And and it's not that the other people aren't doing really great emotional work because no. they are. Um. But but uh, if they're if they don't have children, they're using what they know of their growing up experience and their parents. Right. Versus if you're a parent, you're using what you experienced as a kid growing up and what you are doing as a parent. Yeah. And it's it's just creating an extra layer. Yeah. It's another and, piece um, of the onion. Yep. And it, it and it's not that I'm. You know, checking this or like mm. limiting the people who I mm-hmm. hire to no, only no. parents, you know, whatever. <laughs> I'm certainly, I'm sure I've hired many people who are not parents to play parents. Right. Sure. But you you can tell.
0: Do you guys want to check out Erica's stuff on Instagram?
1: At Erica S. Breamcast.
0: Erica is a wonderful teacher, lots of stuff online. Uh, lots her, of her
2: website is Erica S. Breamcasting.com. Yes. Excellent. Yeah. We got that in there too, there right?
0: You. If you have an opportunity to take a class with Erica or get in front of Erica when this strike is over, take that opportunity. So, cool. Thank you, Erica, for being here. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Head in the Box. I'm your host, Murphy, and we'll see you next time. Enjoy the journey. And